0: Welcome back to On the Middle East. My name is Ambran Zaman, and today I'll be turning to Tunisia, whose descent into autocracy under President Qais Said is continuing apace. Politicians, civil society activists, journalists, hundreds of his perceived enemies are being locked up without due process. However, the country's Islamist party, Ennahda, is the president's main target. Said is bent on crushing it. Since December 2022, Tunisian authorities have arrested at least 17 current or former members of the party, including its 81-year-old leader, Rashid Ghanoushi. They are being charged with conspiring against state security, supporting jihadis and a host of other alleged terrorist activities without material evidence to support the claims. Said Ferjani is another Ennahda leader who was serving in the democratically elected parliament that was dissolved by Said in March 2022 as part of his power grab. Ferjani is being accused of money laundering through a company with which he has no proven links. Like many, Ferjani spent long years in prison under the country's previous dictator, Ben Ali, where he was systematically tortured. By the time he came out, he was in a wheelchair. Ferjani's health is now rapidly deteriorating. In the prison cell, he shares with more than 100 inmates in the city of Souss, I spoke to his daughter, Kother, who is campaigning for his release. Welcome to On the Middle East, Kotha, and thanks for taking time off your busy schedule to be with us here today. Oh, thank you for having me. So, dear Kotha, I'm going to start by asking you how your dad's doing. What's what's the latest? How's his health? Are you getting any kind of response from the authorities, given how poorly he's been doing? Any compassion, any changes?
1: Well, my father's health has been slowly deteriorating in his prison, mostly due to his prison conditions, because he's sharing a cell with 105 people. They have one open toilet to share amongst them. During the heat, there's been infestations, breakouts. People are getting rather ill, including him. And a lot of them are chain smokers, which has contributed to him having respiratory problems. In the last few weeks, he hasn't had the best of response from the prison administration when it comes to his health, but we don't know if it's because we've recently had a press conference in Tornis or what, but we have heard as of yesterday that they have improved his conditions. Oh, that's wonderful news. And when you say improved, what what exactly has happened? But by improved, I mean, they have given him access to medication, some foods like dietary needs that, that he had. I mean, there was one point where they wouldn't even let him buy milk or have access to a doctor. So with regards to that, they've improved it. They've also asked for some of his cellmates not to smoke next to him like some of the ones are directly next to him but I mean it's still a cell of 105 people so that's what I mean by they've improved otherwise he's still in atrocious conditions. And how big is this cell? So the cell apparently has a capacity of maximum 60 when he initially went in there were around 120 people in the cell since then, I think it fluctuates between 105 to 120 people. And again, it's a capacity of maximum 60 and that's pushing it. And these are sort of common criminals, violent people. Yeah, so they've they've placed... So my dad is in Seuss prison. He's one of two two political prisoners, I think, that are currently in, in Seuss prison. And yeah, they've put them with common criminals, violent criminals. I mean... One of the criminals that we do know early on that he was placed with was he gouged the eye of another inmate, another inmate of his. I mean, some of them obviously also have psychological problems, who was seen cutting his flesh and putting it in a sandwich and eating it. So these are the kind of criminals that are in my father's cell. He's also had a death threat with an inmate, but not in his cell. So that's his surroundings. And like I said, it's one toilet that is open in the middle of the cell for 105 men to share so do you
0: have access to him do any of your family members have access to him does he have any visitation
1: rights with you his lawyers um so he does have visitation rights with his lawyer who i think gets to see him i think what he can see him I think once a day in the five days his family member can see him once a week or drop off food once a week I think and so like all of the immediate family are here including my mum but he does have a sister that does see him and drops off food as well but because of the temperatures right now that are reaching about 48 degrees where they are food goes off within the day So So you guys
0: are here in London and clearly you you don't feel comfortable going back. Your father probably has said, don't come, right?
1: Yeah, so my father did say, he knew that his arrest was impending. And just before his arrest, he did say for none of us to come to Tunisia, to do as much as we can for the cause, not just him abroad. He felt they would try and use us against him to to humiliate him. And so he has asked us not to come. Though I'd say probably with everything that I've been doing around the world and the legal cases for sanctions, targeted sanctions, I think it probably would be unsafe. But he has, I mean, even recently he did met tell his lawyer to tell tell us, especially me, not to even think about coming to Tunisia because he knows how it works. I mean the first time my dad went to prison my i was around three years old when my dad did eventually leave to the uk well he fled me my me and my older brothers who were five seven and eight at the time we were on a no-fly list so and up until the revolution which was 21 years later we were still on a, a list and that was us as children so my dad is very aware of what they do to families and they harassed our existing our, our families our extended families uh, during Ali regime for decades and so he didn't want that to happen this time
0: it's just all completely insane and as you mentioned your poor dad was in jail along with many others under Ben Ali and he came out in a wheelchair, as you described so, I mean, powerfully in that piece you did for Al Jazeera. But looking at the situation more broadly, I mean, are you surprised by by all of this? I mean, as we all know, Tunisia was like the model story that emerged, right, from the Arab Spring, as we keep saying. But look at where we are. are you, I mean why do you think this has happened is it like some freak accident that this guy who nobody really knew got elected and he's just unleashed this or was something building up
1: um i think for some time you know during the t- the 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 10 10- 10 years of the revolution before Qais's presidency, we've known for some time that there are many forces that didn't want the revolution to succeed as they didn't in Egypt and elsewhere. But, you know, a lot of the parties, especially, you know, the party that my father was in, worked really hard against those counter-revolutionary forces and did try and be as inclusive as possible. However, when the coup happened, well, around two years ago, Kaiser's self-coup. I think from that point on, it was kind of, it was written, What we, we could sense what was going on. I mean, my father's name, as a lot of the names that are in prison now, was leaked as one of the people to, Kais Said set his sights on to arrest, and that was just after the coup. So it's not a surprise that this is where it was headed, especially the moment he grabbed powers, the moment the, the tanks were in front of parliament, it was clear that this is where it was going. Well, the irony, of course, is that everything that
0: Narda is being accused of is actually well, stuff that it actually avoided, you know, in fact, to the point that it was criticized for being too accommodating of the secularists of the Ancien Régime types. And so, you know, that, that's the real tragedy here. Why do you think so few people reacted then? These people who were out on the streets to over, you know, to seek Nali's deposal didn't show up for
1: its democratically elected government. Why not? Because I, I think the average person needs more than just democracy, obviously, like that isn't what's going to feed them. That isn't what's going to yeah, feed them, pay them, pay their bills. And at the time as well, I think there was a lot of, whether it's from the media or certain other factions in Tunisian civil society that was constantly, I guess, blaming all the, the lack of, I don't know, the, the lack of financial, say, success in Tunisia on another and so they felt like this was an their answer. This this new guy. And it was it's the same trope that's been happening across the world. This man that's not part of politics, he's one of us, and he's talking to them as one of them. So that populist language. So they felt like this person was going to to help them out. And obviously, it was a lot more, a lot more complex than that. You know, we just had a revolution. It takes a while to get the economy on track. And And so and it's not their fault, because if you're every day being, you know, I mean, I would say even the trade union was involved in galvanizing a lot of the people during the 10 years to constantly be out on the street. And so by the end, I can see how they found this person attractive to them. And so they didn't say much. And now he's lost popularity, but they have fatigue. You know, they had a revolution and then after the revolution, they were constantly protesting and so I understand the fatigue that the average Tunisian has and how they are showing their dismay is by risking their lives and leaving leaving on rafts with their families. So rather than stay in
0: Tunisia and sort of rise up, they feel that their best bet is to risk their lives, as you say, and yeah. try and get to Lampedusa somehow and not yeah. failing and drowning. And it's all terribly tragic. Yeah. We just saw... Another drowning incident, right? Another boat yeah. that capsized 40 people, I think, would kill yeah. many yeah. women babies. It's it's absolutely horrible. But, you know, wouldn't you also say that there's a lack of solidarity among all these political parties, that the, 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 the people are so polarized in Tunisia and that seems to be also part of the problem?
1: I think initially, yeah. I think initially there was that problem. I think... I think some parties at the time still, and and some of these parties have since said that they've realised they weren't as democratic and that as soon as the coup happened, that should have been their main focus rather than their usual attack of we hate another. And so even some of them have looked back on it and thought we should have put democracy first, fought for that, and then gone back to our usual we don't agree ideologically. And I think that's I think that's what was one of the main problems. But I have to say, since since these arrests, since these mass arrests, because he has targeted not just another, but people from, you know, human rights organizations, media, other political parties, and actually a lot of them are the ones where they decided to like cross the political aisle and work in a coalition and the coalition revolves another too. A lot of them have now seen that you know together it work we, We're more likely to succeed against the dictator. I mean, I for one, I'm in a group with the children of these people that are in prison from across the political spectrum. People that wouldn't usually, you know, be getting along, but we've all decided quite early on that we have to work together. And where so- are the children? Where are you mostly? So all of them are across the world, actually. So I would say I'm the only one in the UK. Some of them are in France. Some of them are in Tunisia. Some of them are in Germany. So across different parts of the world. And I think, yeah, quite early on, we started a group. And, you know, bit by bit, you know, it takes a while for the trust. But honestly, right now, I think after going to different, You know going to different places together talking on behalf of our parents and now there is a solidarity there where we do share things about other people's parents from different political groups and you and you see it as well with if you see the jabhat al-khalas which is the coalition it is growing and more people more political leaders are joining it so that
0: gives you hope for sure And what about the reaction of, you know, the West, for example, the United States, the European Union? I mean, it's been quite pathetic, really, I'd say.
1: Honestly, I mean, out of all of them, surprisingly, the US has probably been the better one when it comes to Tunisia. I went to the US in May. I had meetings with people from you know, Democrats, Republicans, and actually some of these meetings along with someone, that a Tunisian there that's been working tirelessly since last year, you know, they're resulting in hopefully two bills that will come out with this. And, you know, whether it's speaking to the State Department or people from, you know, from Ted Cruz's office to Ilhan Omar's office, they're all very concerned and willing to speak out. However, with regards to the UK and the EU, it has been really disappointing. I mean, I've been lobbying here. This is my country. And, you know, my father, when he first came here, he didn't, I mean, he was in a wheelchair. He, he got to lobby. He got to speak to quite a lot of politicians here. And he managed to do a lot more than I've been able to do. And that, unfortunately, that's all to do with Europe's, Europe's prioritising the immigration situation. And, you know, despite all our hard work and speaking to everyone, even in the EU, I had a lot of meetings. At the end of the day, it just feels that whatever they do preach to countries like mine, by countries like mine, I mean like Tunisia, their interest comes first. And so that's been quite disappointing. And what about Turkey, which was,
0: I mean, the current government there and President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Very closely allied with Anata, had a fantastic relationship with Ganushi. Are you not slightly disappointed at, well, the lack of I support? Mean,
1: personally, I mean, I haven't really kept up with the Turkish situation. I've never been. I, I'm personally not another. I, I've never been particularly invested in turkey either way but i mean somewhere like turkey is still not going to be as powerful as and as necessary as the eu and the uk actually the eu is really important they were scrutin i mean they were there they were present during the, the the years after the revolution they were heavily scrutinizing as they should but it just felt like it all disappeared as soon as the tank was in front of parliament do you think the United States is having an impact
0: with the sort of pressure that you describe, the statements, think, the resolutions?
1: I think it could. I, I think there's a lot more to do, but it could have, I think, when, as they hopefully reflect more on the military budget and the military aid that they do give Tunisia, the more they reflect on that, the more, hopefully, that will have more of a an, an effect on... What's going on in Tunisia? Kai's side himself won't necessarily care, but those around him will. I mean, they are still, I mean, they are still sane actors in this, and he's nothing without them. And so, hopefully, pressure from that side. But I mean, that's like America said. I think even America's men spoken about this. It there's only so much they can do without the help of the EU and you know and the uk even because geographically we do need we do need them to act first i mean even if it's not to act but not to make matters worse so you you're basically saying that however
0: much pressure the us brings to bear if the eu isn't on board with that it provides an escape hatch for this regime
1: exactly i mean at the moment if the i mean obviously we welcome pressure from the uk from the us and it is helpful but the eu is direct is i mean geographically just geographically alone it it will cause more of an impact on tunisia and i mean the them funding i i mean the the sorry the help that they've given with regards to what they say is for the migrant situation even though we know Qais Said would not use that money for that. He will use that to consolidate and strengthen his power. It's, I mean, yeah, sorry, without without pressure from them, it's, it's just pointless. And we don't, the other thing is we're actually not even looking for real, we don't want intervention. So I want to make it very clear, like no one wants any intervention. We just don't want to make it easier for the regime. But looking
0: at the situation as it currently stands, I mean, it doesn't look very hopeful, does it? It seems to be going from bad to worse. So how do you guys, you the children, the families, people who care about Tunisia are from Tunisia, how do you cope with that emotionally?
1: I think emotionally it's it's quite up and down. I'd say for some of us who've had, so I think it's a bit, different so there's kind of two camps so there's those of us who've had and it's usually the children of another who have had their parents in prison before granted it was many years ago for some it wasn't many years ago for some their dads were in prison for even up to two decades so there is a different coping with that I think so a part of us is like we've seen worse we know that our dad can our dad can mentally handle this. It's not that it's right what's happening to them, and then obviously it's still sad because our dads are not young they're some of them they're late sixties seventies eighty plus in some cases, and so on that side of things it is hard, especially because you don't get to speak to them I haven't spoken to my father in over five months, so it's difficult and then I'd say for the others, it is even more difficult because this is this is completely new to them this level of oppression they you know they don't have any kind of I I almost like sometimes I almost feel worse for them than myself sometimes because I know how when you've never had any kind of experience in this it's a complete utter shock to to the system and I mean, I hope no one gets used to it at the same time. And hopefully, you know, like politics changes so quickly, just like with the revolution, we didn't know it was going to happen. We don't know what's around the corner here either. And we just remain hopeful. Well, I And it's the only thing you can do is to stay hopeful.
0: Arthur, thank you so much for talking to us. And we hope that all these prisoners of conscience, of course, your dad as well, are free you know very soon thank you and this brings us to the end of this episode of on the middle east thanks for tuning in